people of all ages, listeners, come hither, and ye shall hear the tale of the Robots vs. Taxes show, only... On Radio Free Asgard. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The way you laid that out, it was just, it was so Shakespearean. (laughs) Behold! (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, man. Uh, Here we are once again. With the showdown, <laughs> boy, do it's... we have do we have some yeah. movies for you guys this week? <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it's gonna it's it's all kinds of wonderful with the classic with the classic Ron Howard film Splash versus <laughs> Co- versus the Richard Stanley film Color Out of Space. <laughs> Uh, folks, for those of you who don't know or have not heard of Color Out of Space, it is it is another um, Nicolas Cage vehicle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, this episode. We're gonna pit those two movies against each other. It's gonna be this scream. Oh no! Not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Versus this scream. I am not a fish! How many times am I going to have to tell you people that? In a no-holds-bar <laughs> bloodbath to the death. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, <laughs> as soon as um, Color Out of Space started, what were your initial impressions just just with the opening narration and credits um with the opening narration and credits i was like um i i couldn't help but think of uh the nicholas cage vehicle mandy of, of course because uh, <laughs> they, they that, feel that like similar... they're in the same universe yeah yeah it they it felt like that it felt like mandy was chasing Nicholas Cage's character into this movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was like uh, because all of a sudden because Mandy is like the the most fuchsia movie ever made. And <laughs> and and in this the fuchsia just blam just comes right from space. The fuchsiest. The fuchsiest movie. Um Man, you know, uh, uh, watching watching this double feature back to back came at a much needed time because I, I was kind of losing it because of of the whole shit that was going on with uh, with our uh, with our uh, disgraceful president. Um, mm-hmm. I I hate to in- inject taxes at this point, uh, <laughs> but uh, that ho- this whole uh, injecting disinfectants into your bloodstream. And bombarding your um, your body with light rays, um, <laughs> I think I think he saw like a, a an early comic. He must have read like an early comic book, and he was like, "Oh my god, people will come become superpowered." <laughs> um, what he do should, you? But, he should have watched Color Out of Space and thought to himself, <laughs> "You know what? It's probably not a good idea." Yeah. <laughs> The light, the light in that movie was very, very bad. 
Speaking of of Trump, the the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, I, and I I know I'm jumping ahead here, but there, uh, you know, we're going to go into full spoilers for both movies, mm-hmm. um, which is odd uh, <laughs> because Splash is is uh, is definitely a movie a movie from the '80s. So if you haven't seen that movie, like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, listen to this podcast and then go down and. And li- and watch those movies for reference. But yes, um, I- I'm saying this uh, because uh, at one point Nicolas Cage, when he seems to be taken over by the fuchsia, <laughs> uh, he starts going into an accent that I'm pretty certain, like Donald Trump, was starting to inhabit his character. <laughs> did you get that from? Did they, Did you get that also? I I. Now that you say it, I could definitely see inklings of Trump in there. I just, I, I just know that he had made he had uh, introduced us to that accent at the beginning of the movie when he was impersonating his father, who was uh, very abusive. Um, I feel like we could have a possible spinoff there, you know, to see where oh, the craziness yeah, 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 came right. from, um, and then having it become more extreme throughout the film. But uh, now that you say it, yeah, it could have been an allusion to. The uh, the idiocy of uh, the orange one in chief. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Let's let's again. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of Color Out of Space. <laughs> um. And uh, let's let's talk about um how this movie begins because it feels like when it begins it drops us in uh to what I thought was like uh. Um, the era of medieval times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For <laughs> a second, like, it was hard to place the uh the time period. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where? What? What the hell is going on here? And then, of course, we realize, oh no, it's it's you know, it's this really bizarre image choice for this character, uh, the daughter of this family. The what are they? What 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 are their names again? Um, um the. The daughter's name is Lavinia. Lavinia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the son's, uh, the older son's name is Benny, and the youngest one is Jack. Yes. Oh, I know Jack. Um, Do you really? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know Jack and his mom. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not going to go into that right now. But yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, we both know what happens to them. Oh yeah. Yeah, the best part of the movie um so so what happens is basically um their daughter is uh into uh the wiccan religion yes wicca Mm -hmm. um and i was like that's that's an interesting choice Uh, in a movie full of interesting choices that i'm just like huh Really? Huh? Really? You're being very generous with the word uh, interesting. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> Why? What, what would you use? Questionable. <laughs> Questionable. Agreed. I mean, it... it, it <laughs> they... It feels like the movie decided uh, that its starting point was just going to be Sort of like if you ever watch an improv show, <laughs> the setup is always random, like suggestions oh, yeah. from the audience. It's just like, where's the setting? The woods. Uh, who are the characters? Um, yes. <laughs> a, a, a black scientist, a little white girl who practice, practices Wiccan. 
and uh, the wife just is recovering from breast cancer. It's just like, okay, and okay. and go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they also have a father who is a... Uh, who is a struggling like uh, who is a, a trying to wrangle his alcoholism uh and suffers from a, an abusive past mm-hmm. um and he's Nicolas Cage <laughs> oh and they have an alpaca farm <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> yes and they have an alpaca farm yes and they have Tommy Chong the stoner who lives on their property <laughs> when he showed up i was just like all right this uh this works. <laughs> he, frankly, he didn't have a big enough role in this film. <laughs> no, he didn't. I, I, the, throughout the whole thing, I was expecting him to be like, Fuchsia's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, like, but what happens to him is actually he actually turned in the most interesting and uh, eerie performance. Yes. Yes, agreed. Uh, which is which is really like again, yeah, they're questionable choices, but some of those choices pay off. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, but uh, going back to the beginning a little bit, we open on uh, Lavinia uh, practicing some sort of ritual by the river or something like that, and she is interrupted by Ward, who is a. Uh, a water scientist. I'm sorry, I forget the uh, the technical term for his. He's occupation. a hydrologist. A hydrologist. Thank you. <laughs> well, everyone is just like, why wouldn't they send a geologist? And they're like, and he's always like, I. They just didn't, man. They just didn't. <laughs> just like I'm just here about the water, man. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> oh man. And I gotta say, he was. Um, he was probably the only grounded performance in this whole film. Like, yes, everybody else was definitely more toward the cartoony spectrum. Um, and he's just sort of like, <laughs> it's almost like he didn't believe that he was in the film. He's just like, oh, I thought I was in like, you know, a movie, not <laughs> someone's, you know, bad trip. Yeah. It, that that's that's the issue with this movie. I I feel like this movie is kind of it's the Nicolas Cage version of Annihilation, right? <laughs> Which I feel like yes, is a, yes. What I thought yeah. that the whole time. Thank you. <laughs> Which I, I I was like, um, I I you know I feel like that's a superior film, and this is like you know what it what <laughs> what what if uh, what if there was just more like Rage Cage. In this, <laughs> in this film, in in Annihilation, so uh, I, I was I was I was still pleasantly surprised by the movie by by how effective the movie was. It's like, what if instead of Natalie Portman and you know uh, you know uh, uh, acting that 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 is nuanced and subtle, we just hit it all with a, a fucking cage hammer, you know. <laughs> We we put it in the cage with Nicolas Cage. I would, I would in a cage match. Uh, I would have, <laughs> I would have loved had the movies been spliced together in some weird alternate universe. Like I'm just imagine imagining Nicolas Cage close to the one of the final scenes in Annihilation. A spoiler alert for Annihilation if you haven't seen it, and him just stuck in that lighthouse with that 
alien entity doing an interpretive dance and Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage having to match it like move for move with his weird physical acting I think that would have been you're talking about chocolate to peanut butter right there yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) you're talking about a movie so good it melts faces as they watch it it would have been it would have been as grap it would have been as groundbreaking as like the first matrix was to, you like, know it, it just it's so it like it boggles the mind if you if you would have if like uh or if like if uh uh, uh what's it called uh, uh uh you know uh Natalie Portman and her team you know instead of you know uh, coming upon that house where they encounter that bear they encounter Nicolas Cage <laughs> at, at, in that house. That would have been prom- frightening. <laughs> and then he promptly tells them to get the fuck out of my way. Get the fuck out of my way. That's <laughs> when he said that, I couldn't stop laughing. But there, seriously, the the move, the direct, the. The movie itself, the way it's directed, is so. It's actually directed very effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, you know, it's very slow. It's very creepy. I, I'd say it's a little too slow. Mm. Um, but uh, but it's full of it's full of these weird acting choices. Like the daughter, I thought her acting was a little like she she. It felt like she fell off the the CW kind of school of yes. acting <laughs> oh my god that's perfect <laughs> yeah like she's she she's a, an extra on the flash or something oh. uh, and d- dis- discount amanda seafried as i seifred or whatever i kept um, trying to place like, her face and you you totally coined it i'm just like yeah. I've, I've seen her before i think she's a <laughs> she's amanda seafried for half half price <laughs> And you'll know where half that price went um, oh, into that acting. Uh, and then the brother who is like non a kind of non-existent, he's just there to be like, what? Yeah. No. He was, he was so useless I, that when I his... need to go get the dog. He <laughs> was he was so useless that when his death scene came, even though he survived pretty much the whole movie, I felt absolutely nothing. It nothing. <laughs> it it they should have just put a subtitle on that scene, like, and now we have to kill him. Cause it... <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, and Benny went back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would that would have been that would have been too good for the character. Cause <laughs> When is Betty going to go to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> he had no he had next to no impact on the film. He's just No, nothing. It's just like I thought I told you to put the alpacas away. It's just like I did. I fed them. You know. <laughs> Dude, they tell him to put the alpacas away like 20 times and every time he's got the same bewildered expression. It's like what? I was just with the alpacas. <laughs> a sentence that I never thought I'd say. Oh God! Um, can I can I just say that out of all the grotesque imagery that was in this film, I think that the 
the milking of the alpacas was probably close to number one. There was something I felt like I could smell the scene. It was really, yeah. The, you know, you're not the only person um, that that thought about that. So I was watching that with Sabrina, and Sabrina was just like, "Ew, I wouldn't drink that." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when. When Nicolas Cage's character offered Ward uh, a nice hot glass of alpaca milk, um, and he was just... (laughs) Words I don't think you woke up (laughs) thinking that you were going to say, right? No, I did not. No, I did not. And when when Ward turned to him, he was just like, no, thanks. I'm lactose intolerant. First of all, you knew he was lying. And second of all, (laughs) Nicolas Cage took, in classic Nicolas Cage faction, took a, a good beat to just stare at him, you know, with that Nicolas Cage intensity. And he was just like, you're lost. <laughs> and yeah. just and just downed it, like just chugged that milk. It was gross. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was I was I wasn't like for one, uh, I was uh, uh, amazed because I didn't think I'd watch a movie where Nicolas Cage drank alpaca milk. Like right out of the teat, <laughs> like fresh out of the teat. He was like fucking Luke Skywalker in in Last Jedi. He was just <laughs> yes. like, <laughs> that milk is chunky. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! My stomach flipped when you said that. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and um. It was, uh, a miscon- it was a miss. It was a miss with a lesser director. They would have cut toward the hydrologist, and that's how I'm referring to him for for the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> they they should have cut to him at a Dairy Queen, just downing a fucking milkshake. You know, <laughs> uh, that would have been great. <laughs> but that's in the hands of of a, of a less serious director. <laughs> and. Uh... And the thing is, uh, when we have uh, then we have the event uh, on which the entire movie pivots, which is the arrival of this weird asteroid, this uh, purple fuchsia sort of um, asteroid that just lands on the property. And immediately the characters uh, race toward this glowing rock, which, you know, could be radioactive, could have. Any toxic no- gas <laughs> any number right? of things you know it could have killed them right out right out of right out of the gate <laughs> and they're just space. like <laughs> and they're just like and nicholas cage is like come on kids gather around this flaming wreckage you know <laughs> <laughs> could have been chock full of nebula cancer and they would have been like oh you know it's like no let's not take any precautions even though you know your mom is dying of this stuff, so yeah. Um, and now we're all going to get super cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, it seems like for some reason Jack has uh, the most immediate and weirdest connection uh, to this phenomenon. He he was the only. It seems like he was the only one awake when it hit, and it almost like he had a, a, a prescient feeling about it coming because he was like in the middle of a nightmare. And he wandered into the hall and he just, you know, he was the first one to be touched by the light. Let's put it that way. And then they and then he goes outside and then he never comes back inside. <laughs> like he doesn't come back inside for half the movie. Like they just leave him out there. 
<laughs> Didn't it seem that way? Like they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. He's outside. He'll be fine. He's like a free range child. Like he's just like <laughs> he'll he'll figure it out. He'll just leave his droppings wherever. You know, it's nature. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh look, he made a friend with a pink praying mantis. You know, he'll be fine. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Like he like he whistles at like nobody questions the fact that like he whistles at the well and something in the well whistles back to him. And, like, the daughter, Lavinia, is just like, well, shit happens, you know, and just walks on back into the into the house. And is just like, do-do-do-do-do, living my best teenage life. Exactly, you know. And, yeah. and the mom, unfortunately, is not uh, any better. For for a second, we thought we were going to get, like, a, um, a, sliver, a sliver of depth from her. At the beginning, her and Nicolas Cage are about to make love. First of all, kudos to her for being brave enough to make love to Nicolas Cage because that must be... Oh man, he would have taken her like face off town and been like, (laughs) you know, I could lick a peach for hours. (laughs) It must be like... It must be like every ride at Six Flags at the same time, you know? But... And when she turned to him and was... Complete with pictures when you... When when they (laughs) orgasm... At like when when you go down that first drop, you're just like, oh shit! And they take that picture. <laughs> but when she turns to him, when she turns to him, and she's just like, I don't know how you can, you know, find me attractive anymore, or something along those lines. I was just like, holy shit! This is this is a conversation that people really have, especially when they're in this situation. And then they were just like, all right, that's enough. Let's uh, let's get crazy again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what is this nuance crap? This cat, <laughs> this character study. We we came for the fuchsia from outer space. Now let's now let's really like double down on the fact that she's kind of an asshole who neglects her family for work because she was up in that rickety attic. Uh, I guess dealing with stocks and bonds and, <laughs> and shit like that. It's just like. It's just like every time she went up there, it was like, buy, sell, sell. No, no, no. Buy. (laughs) Like part of me, part of me was hoping that the camera would pan to the computer and it, and it would just show that it was never on. (laughs) Like she's up there. (laughs) There's no internet connection. (laughs) She's she's communicating with someone and it just cuts to Tom Anderson, like in front of his, in front of his computer, like that's not on. And it's like, you got, you got a, you got a, a a delivery and it's the phone and fuchsia just comes through the phone. (laughs) That would have made more sense. Yeah. That's a matrix color out of space. You know, tie-in. Holy shit. That'd be. That'd be too intense, but... Um, the greenest, most fuchsia movies ever made. Holy shit. Yeah. Then we noticed the environment, like... Uh, they, they did decide to put a, a few, like, background subtleties into the film. Like, you could see that the environment around them was slowly starting to get more purple. Like, there were new plants starting to grow. We had the pink praying mantis that got a... Got more screen time than um, than uh, what's his name Tommy Chong. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean Tommy Chong still still I, to me I think he still s- stole the show. Yeah, because, you know he came in he was like yeah man they're here man you know <laughs> they're under the ground, <laughs> and then he has that cool you know uh, monologue 
at the at the very end. Yeah. Where the movie just takes a left turn into Evil Dead and the trees are just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yum. You know? Oh, my God. That was uh... <laughs> that sheriff. Uh, poor guy, man. He came in. He blew up some heads. Uh, got no sort of reward for it. He was just like, what the fuck? First of all, he waited way too long to radio in for help. When he, oh, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he got to that attic and no, no. As soon as he got to the living room and saw that Nicolas Cage thought his entire family was there with him, even though he was alone, he should have been like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to need some medics here. Uh, just go ahead and send them down. But instead, he and was just he, like, we got to check the rest of the house. Uh, my 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 favorite part of that whole thing is when the sheriff shows up, he blow. Oh, fuck. Now we're jumping ahead to where the daughter, uh, Nicolas Cage's daughter. Oh, no, his his Nicolas Cage's wife. Uh, and his son Jack fused together. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and he feeds the daughter Lavinia, who's just like uh, you know listening to my chemical romance downstairs. <laughs> they that th- <laughs> he feeds the the daughter to the to the wife slash son, and then the sheriff comes in and he blows the head off of 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 the wife and. Uh, and oh, wait, what else happens? Or wait, oh no, no, yeah, yeah. He blows the head off the wife, and then the sheriff blows the head off the son. And then uh, he call the sheriff calls in a code thirty three. And then I'm just like, <laughs> what? What must happen in that town that they have an actual code for an outer space incursion? Cause that's 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 wild. Like, tell me when he was just like, uh, uh, you know, I need backup code thirty three. I'm just like, there's a code for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, another merged family, huh, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, that it. Mean, that, that's that's code for uh, uh, two people have fused together to become a ravenous, like you know, spider monster. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Small town justice. That's how it goes. Oh man! But it it, it it's it was amazing. It just showed you the um, the atmosphere of the film. That at the point where the mother and the youngest son were merged into one body, nobody's mind shattered at that point. They must have all been crazy at that point because it was just sort of like, oh my god, what? Let's get them inside. And then they got them on the couch. And then then they said, oh no no, let's take them upstairs. It, it was it's like maybe if we take them higher you know above sea level they'll separate you know it was uh like you said at the beginning an interesting choice um yeah uh very i don't know it's hard to put into words the movie the movie itself it's funny that we're painting this picture of this movie that seems like schlock and uh, on some level, it is, but on the on another level, it's act. There's actually a good movie in there. It's just the the acting choices. Um, some of the plot directions are a little like what, like really, really? Is that that's what you're going with? But but there's a there's a good movie in there. It just I feel like with a different cast. I mean, you don't you don't cast Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I see what they're going for. I feel like they were going for a shining angle where, you know, they cast Jack Nicholson. He's weird in the beginning and then he just gets progressively worse. Stanley Kubrick did, made the wise decision of 
having him not spend so much time as the I'm just a friendly neighborino guy, you know? <laughs> I felt like I felt like 15 minutes into the shining, boom, he's he's you already know he takes a left turn. <laughs> right, right. Whereas Nicolas Cage, he starts off weird and you're just like his performance is really is distracting and and bizarre. And then his and then he goes full cage and then I'm just like, "No, that's yeah, that's what happens when you put him in the movie. <laughs> so it doesn't have the same effect as like a Jack Nicholson does. <laughs> I mean, when you hire an actor like Nicolas Cage, you hire him for a very specific reason. You're not trying to you're not trying to break new ground uh, with his acting spectrum. It's just like, OK, this is the plot. Who can who can pull this off? You know, do we call Tom Hanks? No, we don't call Tom Hanks for this. No, like, no, no, no. Tom Hanks is busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? And it cuts to like Tom Hanks eating a scone. And he's like, I'm busy. And it's like, oh, gotcha. It's like, all right, we call the cage. <laughs> yeah. Cage is when you want to obliterate audiences, you know? <laughs> and and uh, he's like he's like a, uh, a guitar solo that starts off as a guitar solo. Like, <laughs> yes. it's just throughout the whole song, it's a guitar solo. So that's why you cast him in a movie like Mandy, because there's a lot more, like, I don't know how they tranked him in order to give that kind of, like, subtle performance. But the movie is already bizarre. Like, it yes. starts off with a, with a bizarre tone. And it never stops. Whereas uh, this movie starts off with like, no, everything's normal. And you're like, no, it isn't. Oh, come on now. Come on. You know. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, the movie climaxes where Nicolas Cage is trying to kill the hydrologist um, who, who escapes to uh, a trap door that's in the that's in the house. What the hell? Like, out of nowhere, he, I'm just like, Ward the hydrologist is like, I know, trap door. And he just goes through to the trap. I'm just like, where the fuck did they show that this house had a trap door? <laughs> nowhere. Amazing. And, survive- and, then, and then it turns into Predator. Like, the, the yes. last act of Predator. <laughs> yes. Basically, <laughs> survives... Uh, under under a few planks of wood survives a nuclear blast <laughs> that wipes out all color for a one square mile. <laughs> that kid should have been obliterated, right? <laughs> but he just wakes up and then he's just like he's like covered in ash from from uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, mind-blowing performance. <laughs> and then he gets taken in that chopper, and then there's that sad Predator music as they fly away. <laughs> That's exactly... That that end shot must have been inspired by Predator. Yes, it totally it totally was, because when that happened, I was just like, oh my God, it turned into Predator. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> and then... And then we have a quick time jump, a few, I'm assuming, a few years in the future, because it looks like Ward has some grays. He's smoking now to show that, you know, he's disturbed. He's seen, he's seen some shit. Yeah, he's seen some shit. He's, like, he's got that. I've seen, thi- I've seen things you wouldn't believe. And then they're just like, did you see that mom and son get fused together? And he's like, nah, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> I was there for the other shit. You know, I, I, I saw a stoner talking about, you know. 
getting getting sucked in by something that sucks and burns at the same time. That's what I was there for. <laughs> but he he did see the mom and and the uh, and the kid. Oh yeah, fused that's right, together. That's right. He just he just couldn't believe it. Like he just yeah, that's right. He was the only <laughs> he was the only character in the movie who was just like. Are y'all seeing this shit? Everybody else is just like, you know, oh, code 33, you know. (laughs) Y'all white people have some serious problems out here. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with the water in this town? It's like, and and everybody's like, oh, it's good drinking water. And he's like, it's purple. It's dark purple. This isn't a watercolor. He's like, listen, I could test this, all right? I have my equipment back at the tent. Just just chill, all right? Get some bottled water or something like that. But uh, we see him at the end uh, just narrating. Um, he's hoping that he's hoping that town gets covered in water, but no matter how much it is, it won't be deep enough. Man, still working on that geology degree. Right? <laughs> Halfway through his geology degree, and he's just like, man, I hope they cover this town in water. <laughs> War the hyd- the hydrologist. Oh man! So, uh, what were your overall th- what were your overall thoughts on on Color Out of Space? Um, I thought I think I think the movie. If you are a fan of just wild shit, this movie has to be on your list. Personally, I feel like this movie has to be watched with somebody else who appreciates it. If I if I didn't know you, I don't know who I could talk to about this movie. Honestly, <laughs> and right? It, it it does have it does strike a specific tone for for sharing it with a with a, a somebody who who you know, you know, who's very near and dear to you, and yeah. you're just like, let's watch weird shit together. Yes, absolutely, and and I feel like this movie needs to be seen in a in like a small independent theater like they should have screened this at the angelica or some other some other small intimate theater where you could like buy a sandwich at the concession stand you know yes yeah (laughs) there's like uh you know um uh you know they they serve like they have croissants with free-range chicken yes you know (laughs) and like cilantro and accoutrement in there and organic soda <laughs> yeah and organic so oh yes oh the organic sodas <laughs> i'm gonna watch a german film and then i'm gonna watch the nicholas cage vehicle color out of space um but let's uh she do you want to switch over to splash yes yes we okay. should switch over to splash because okay. something dawned on me while watching splash is that it seems that hollywood has a penchant for throwing white men into supernatural situations and having them be either adaptable or going completely insane. And I'm not completely convinced. <laughs> and I'm not completely convinced that Tom Hanks's character in Splash did not go completely insane. No, I think he. You know, I think his mind shattered. Um. <laughs> When you know, I, I actually think that he, he and, and I'm going to be one of those people that says he died in the beginning, like when that <laughs> boat hit him and struck him in the skull, because all those other choices, like he had a psychotic break when he was a child, and then the boat hit him, and then he went into that same psychotic fugue state and drowned. 
Oh shit! And that's and that's basically the the last. That's my theory on the on the whole movie. So the whole because movie. Ev- I'm sorry, but the whole movie is just the last of his neurons firing and creating this whole. Uh, How else can you explain it? He meets this woman. Uh, she she doesn't speak English. They fuck everywhere. <laughs> Mountains of cum were just spilled. Every like that elevator must have looked like a like if somebody took a blacklight into that elevator, it must look like a fucking crime scene. Like who spilled a bucket of alpaca milk in here? You know. Like, <laughs> As they turn on the fuchsia, you know, blacklight. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, and it, it probably sm- like it's. Everywhere I I saw Daryl Hannah, I was like, it must smell like raw fish. Like she must smell like a fucking bucket of fillets just left out in the sun. Oh god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That's disgusting. That's so disgusting. She hasn't bathed. She's like, oh, her 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 blonde hair is perfectly matted. You know. Cause Mer, cause you can't, you can't, they. She smells like the sea. <laughs> it's like high tide in Splashland. Oh man! Uh, and cons- anyway, considering how dirty some of that water looked too, she must have. Yeah, she, she must- jumped into the e- into the fucking East River at the end. <laughs> Good lord! Oh man, I, I talk th- about a movie that smells. Oh Jesus. I think that I I'm with you on the whole um this uh, a great deal of this movie must have been in Tom Hanks's head. I don't necessarily think that he died at the beginning. I think his mind shattered not from meeting a mermaid. I think it was from his loneliness because they established in a certain amount of scenes that he just wishes that he could find somebody to love, that he could, you know, and they show they show little vignettes of him, you know, going through Manhattan, seeing people in those horse-drawn strollers or whatever and just looking longingly at them. And I think he just, I think he just got, you know, broken, (laughs) broken by being lonely and then made up this whole scenario in his head. And his, um, his drugged out best friend played by uh, John Candy. uh, That was his brother, brother, his brother. Pardon me. I couldn't because they look so much alike. Exactly. I was just like, Oh yeah, of course I could see the resemblance. Uh, his brother was of no help because it was the eighties and he must've been coked out the entire time. He was just like, yeah, no, you're fucking a mermaid. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) By the way, his brother is, I think my favorite character of all time. I mean, this is a guy that celebrates being published in penthouse magazine, right? (laughs) In the beginning. He's so obsessed with Penthouse. Man, this dude has a hard-on for just, like, hardcore porn, right? <laughs> that he's just, like, trying to – desperately trying to pick up – like, he's a he's a nymphomaniac, right? He's <laughs> suffering from some kind of satiriasis. He's fucking, like, you know, he's, he's trying to pick up women. He's sweating really hard uh, throughout the whole movie. He's just sweating his balls off. And then towards the end, he's just like, you know, when everybody's like, uh, everybody finds out about the mermaid and they're trying to interview Tom Hanks, he jumps in the middle of this press conference and he's just like, is anybody here from from Penthouse Magazine? (laughs) They're like, no. 
He's like, then I don't want to hear from any of you. You know, <laughs> Jesus and he just Christ! Punches his way through a crowd. <laughs> <You know? laughs> with a throwback, I love that guy. With a throwback to one of our uh, one of our favorite internet clips. I mean, he probably bumps a reporter. He's just like, you can go the other way. He's just like, nah, I'm gonna go this way. Fuck you, talk about fam. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh man, and then uh fucking yeah, and then he my one of my favorite moments in the movie is like, you know, Tom Hanks, he walks past his his secretary, uh, and she's like uh, you know, she's she's acting a little funny. She's talking about his her his dead father who left a message for him. And then he's like and then his brother is like, What's wrong? You know, John Candy's like, What's wrong with her? And he's like she got struck by lightning and he's like he just bursts into laughter and i was like this is my kind of guy this this guy this guy knows what time it is oh my god it's fun time 24 <laughs> 7 um, um but yeah anyway going one, back to uh but one of the th- one of the things that really I mean, the whole movie is just nuts, right? But one of the things that struck me is that nobody seems to take notice that there's a there's a metahuman walking amongst them. Because that scene in the electronics store where she's pr- pronouncing her real name <laughs> and she shatters all the TV, that's a superpower. Like you yeah, can't no. You'd have to you'd have to actually detonate a military level explosive in order to achieve the same effect. <laughs> and she did it with her voice. I'm I'm amazed that she didn't blow out like the ears of everyone with an earshot of that because like that should have killed everyone. Um, People's eyes should have exploded out of yeah. just the sheer sonic force. Like <laughs> it should have looked like fucking scanners, where it's just like bah, you know Tom Hanks's head. He would he would have just screamed like ah, and then blown blown the fuck up. <laughs> With that Tom Hanks scream. Ah! 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 <laughs> oh, you man. are my toy. <laughs> You're a misogynist's plaything, you know? <laughs> this movie was written by dudes. I, I The whole time I was just like, this movie, um, it ages poorly. <laughs> Oh, of course. As as a lot of uh, as a lot of movies from the eighties, especially love stories from the eighties, often do. But uh, just for our listening audience, we want to make clear: we did not watch the Disney Plus version of this no. film, in which they edited out uh, Daryl Hannah's uh, butt with some sort of like um, uh, metaphysical hair. Metaf- it, it was it was like the. Uh, a wig for a Wookiee that's balding. It was, <laughs> it's so obviously CGI. Oh man, that was, uh, it's just, I, I've seen the, the edited versions, uh, their additions to censoring Daryl Hannah's body. And wow, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just looks like Garfield. <laughs> the CGI Garfield like climbed onto Daryl Hannah's back and was just like, I hate Mondays and oh. water, you know, and he's oh. <laughs> as Daryl Hannah drowns him <laughs> oh. in the deep. Oh. Um 
but yeah, it was. It's yeah. We saw the unedited, edited, the un blah, the unedited version, and uh, you know, I don't know. I I think it's silly to edit a movie like Splash. I mean, it's a it's it's schlock <laughs> from the eighties. <80s. laughs> it was Touchstone Pictures' first movie. Their, their very uh, first movie. Holy their shit! Their very first movie. Um, uh, hey, I mean, yeah. they're still around, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Some pictures are still around. Yeah. Okay, so I guess you know they, they that put them on the map. You know? Yes, it definitely <laughs> did. I, I mean, it was a blockbuster. I mean, that movie could stand uh, a remake, but uh, probably along the line, something closer to uh, Color Out of Space, though. Like we, first of all, she ob- she's obviously coming from an entire species that still exists. I mean, uh, she's bound to procreate with uh, Tom Hanks at some point. So it makes you wonder, like, do they procreate the way seahorses do? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I would love it if they cut to, like, Tom Hanks, like, a year later, and he's, like, he gives one of those underwater Tom Hanks screams. Like, (laughs) Wilson! And it just... (laughs) mounds of white eggs to shoot out of his fucking torso oh man all with his face oh man yeah all with his face oh there's no crying in childbirth you know <laughs> uh, yeah they, they like as he's as he's squirting out children he's just like uh he's just delivering lines from other tom hanks movies like you know, life is like a box of chocolates. And... <laughs> Earn this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he just goes into saving brother. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. I have AIDS. Oh. It writes itself. This, our version of a sequel to Splash would be better than the actual sequel to Splash. Did you ever see Splash 2? No, nobody did. Sp- nobody yeah. did. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually found out that there was a sequel to Splash when uh, the service that I was using recommended it to me. It was just like, <laughs> "Hey, would you like to see Splash 2? And I was like, "Nope," because <laughs> that looks like a pile of shit. <laughs> and they were just like, "You just watched Color Out of uh, Out of Space and Splash. You'll watch this." <laughs> No, I won't. My standards are not that low yet, <laughs> despite what you may what you might think. Algorithm. And then Sabrina know. comes from the other room. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. I mean, Daryl Hannah's character from Splash. What was her name? Madison. <laughs> Madison. Oh, Madison. shit. Oh, shit. But, you know, that was, uh, that was the 80s, and people, people swallowed it. I mean, if there's anything... That was more, uh, I don't know, hokey than the film itself. Even though it has its its jewels within within its hokiness, is the trailer for Splash. Um, you know, it took Hollywood a long time to sort of perfect the movie trailer. Um, and back in the eighties, it was definitely a work in progress. It's just a guy pretty much narrating the whole movie. And then oh yeah 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 and then saying uh, splash <laughs> yeah I uh, I I, I, rem- I know that because I saw the trailer the trailer for the original trilogy of Star Wars um, yes <laughs> yes and that is basically 
um it, it basically just gives away the whole movie it's the the mo- the trailer is 4 minutes long yes and it's just like <laughs> Things you've never seen before. Luke Skywalker, a mild-mannered kid on a desert planet, goes into space and, you know, and and, and joins the Star Wars. Yes, know? yes. <laughs> Darth Vader might be his father. And it's like, what the, what? <laughs> this worked in the, in the 70s and then early 80s? Hey, you know, back then, you know, people... How else were people going to know about movies? That's the thing. It's not like was Hollywood even spending money on putting trailers on TV or you did you only see trailers when you went to the movies? Oh, I don't know. No, they they had to have been there had to have been like uh commercials for TV uh like trailer TV spots. I don't know. I don't know. I I I think I vaguely remember trailers for movies when I was a kid, but then again, I was a kid in the eighties. Yeah, so was, I don't know how it was done in the seventies. You know, I I I was a kid in the eighties as well. I yeah. The only thing I I can even possibly remember being tied to Star Wars being on TV was uh, commercials for the toys. That's it. Yes. You know? so. Yes. Yes. I saw a bunch of horror movie trailers. Um, that those are the ones that jump out at me immediately when it, <laughs> it, in regards to the eighties. It's like you know. Um, uh, trailers for like movies like Madman and Popcorn and like Phantom of the Ops, you know, these slasher movies. Uh, <laughs> Hellraiser. I remember seeing a trailer for Hellraiser at some point, and I was like, my mind is definitely scarred from this um, because all those trailers were very disturbing, and they were also all four minutes long, and they would <laughs> give away the whole thing. Like you solve the box, you get to the Hellraiser. It's like, oh my god. You know, there was something about all those horror movies from the 80s that just it's like they were trying to hurt us. It's it was yes. it was the combination of the of the the music. And frankly, when I look back on them now, I still find them disturbing, partially because of the analog format that they were presented in. Like back then, the resolution was like 320p, you know, and, yeah. and <laughs> grainy as fuck, blurry as shit. Um, but that added to it because it was it almost made it more real and all the effects were practical of course yeah all the effects were practical yeah and it was like kind of like the all they all had that 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 weird narrator that was like an old guy trying to tell you a story (laughs) like he just grabbed you off the street he was like let me tell you about hellraiser (laughs) you're like mommy (laughs) he won't let go for four minutes (laughs) Um, but i think um i think i think it would be possible to take either time tom hanks's character or nicholas cage's character from both films that we've discussed today and uh transplant them into each other's film and it would oh shit and it would still (laughs) They would still work in their own weird ways. That's the they thing. They would, yeah, that's true. Because they're both they're they're uh, the movies. Unfortunately, they have they, uh, like, uh, and I say unfortunately with regards to Splash, because Daryl Hannah, I feel like she doesn't have much of a character other than being like um, Tom Hanks is like, I love you, I love you. Oh, that's she's just in love with him from the very get go. She mm-hmm. has no personality of her own. She's just like obsessed with Tom Hanks. And then kind of there are similarities with between her and the meteorite, 
in color out of space in that the meteorite from color out of space loves everyone so much so that it just destroys everything in its path and it's just like i love the 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 wife and child so much so i'm just gonna make them one you know fun time uh, creature oh my god but yeah you're right they would they are kind of interchangeable in that respect um, you know, dealing with their respective plot devices. So, um, but who would win in a no holds barred throwdown? Oh shit! Um, ooh, uh, I'd have to say, I'd have to give this one to Nicolas Cage, just because uh, Nicolas Cage is essentially based in self destruction. And all the stuff that he does. I mean, he he never plays a character that has a story arc in which he comes out better at the end. He's always no. he's always just like I'm weird. Some some crazy shit happens, and then I'm either crazier at the end or I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, dude. I would I would also give it to Cage only because they killed him in Colorado Space twice. They 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 shot him, and he was dead. He came back. That's right. And then he blew up. <laughs> That's right. That's fucking right. I'm like Tom Hanks only died once. <laughs> <laughs> that was at the at the top of the movie at the top of Splash. Um, but also, I would say like Tom Hanks only narrowly wins it because. He's able to breathe underwater, something that Nicolas Cage has yet to prove that he can do. (laughs) I don't know Cage's private life, but I'm pretty sure that motherfucker doesn't breathe underwater. But then again, we don't know Cage in in his personal life. He could you could just show up at his house and he's just like in a tank, just like. I'm so glad you made it. Here's here's my ancient dinosaur egg collection, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> um oh my god. Here's all my Elvis merchandise, you know. Uh But yeah, so uh Tom Hanks almost almost beats Cage in a no holds barred like match between the between the two, but Cage dominates. Just by the fact that he's unkillable. True, true. It definitely wouldn't be like a, a thirty second knockout. It would de- they would definitely go a few rounds, um, and it would be <laughs> it would be an interesting match of craziness. Uh, so, which would you declare the better movie out of the two? Who? Um, I I would declare Color Out of Space the better one, not because of any sort of like uh, writing or, or or direction, just because. It know it knows what it is, and it's not trying to be anything else. Splash, when it came out, it was sort of like you know, okay, there's a mermaid, but we're sort of trying to be a romantic comedy here, and it was sort of it, it asked a lot of us, you know. In the '80s, our standards were lower, but could Splash come out now? I I don't think so. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Ta- that Splash would definitely not come out now. That is a movie from a specific time, from a specific place. <laughs> 
uh, because the sexual politics have changed so much so that if Splash were to be made now, uh, the director would be uh, shot shot to pieces on Twitter mm-hmm. and then burned at the stake. Yep. You know, yep. he'd be like he'd be screaming right now on fire atop the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, oh, God, why isn't anybody helping me? And they're like, splash. They throw like <laughs> kerosene on him. <laughs> <laughs> So in that respect, I have to give it a color out of space. <laughs> this is the craziest fucking show we've done, I think, <laughs> oh, so far. Yeah, this is this is going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we should probably start uh, wrapping yeah, it wrapping up. In, yeah, wrapping it up. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, you've heard our, our, our debate. We gave it to Colorado Space. You're free. You're more than free and welcome to talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on the, as Robots versus Taxes, uh, and uh, reach out to us at Robots versus Taxes at Gmail and uh, listen to our show on uh, Ernesto. Take it away <laughs> on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Yes. Um, check us out on all those fine platforms and every Monday at noon only on Radio Free Brooklyn so uh, while you're out there you could try keeping it real but you should try keeping it right Song of the Week I don't know what it is that you've done to me but it's called me to act in such a crazy way Whatever it is that you do when you do what you're doing It's a feeling that I want to stay Cause my heart starts beating triple time With thoughts of loving you on my mind I can't figure out just what to do When the calling cure is you I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly speak, I lose all control, then something takes over me, in a day you look so amazing, it's not a face, I want you to stay with me, by my side I swallow my pride, your love is so sweet, it knocks me right off of my feet. Can't explain why your love makes me 